Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. You're listening to season three of Confessions of a New Grad. This podcast is an ongoing story, so if you haven't listened to seasons one and two yet, I'd recommend starting there. Also, just a heads up, there's some swearing and adult themes in this show. Chapter 34, The Plan. Merry Christmas Eve! Lana was shouting in my face. Lana, what? Can you knock? I grumbled. Oh, come on, I knew there was nothing going on in here. I mean, unless you, Apollo, and Steve decided to have a threesome, which honestly probably could happen if you wanted it to, she added thoughtfully. I blinked my eyes and saw that Steve and Apollo were already out in the kitchen. Have you seen the way Steve looks at Apollo? Did you say almond milk or regular Apollo? Steve asked simperingly. Just an Americano, and I really can do it myself. A messy-haired Apollo responded abashedly. I think Steve's in love, Lana said to me. Why is everyone in your relationship in love with Apollo, Brooklyn? I really do not get the appeal. Shut up, Lana, I hissed, pulling on some sweatpants and heading out into the kitchen. Well, since we can't talk about your sex life, I'll tell you about mine. She followed me. What? I yawned. I'm so tired. Steve, would you mind making me a latte when you're done with Apollo's? I'm done, Steve said, stepping aside pointedly. Feel free to make it yourself. You can have mine, Brooklyn, Apollo offered. I glared at him and turned on the grinder, effectively killing the conversation. Where are Gemma and Bree? I asked James. He was looking rather frantically at his phone and took several seconds to hear me. Oh, they got up early and went for a surf. Yeah, it was pretty rude, actually, Braylon remarked from where he was lounging on the couch. Wasn't even light out yet. Like, have some consideration for people who are trying to sleep in. You mean like you did when you barged into our room to take a huge dump this morning? James asked him testily. Gemma was taking a shower in ours, and apparently I'm not allowed to use the toilet while she's in the shower. Ew, of course not. My God. Lana gagged. You couldn't have just waited five minutes for her to get out, James asked. No, I can't control when nature calls, Braylon shrugged. Um, speaking of enormous dumps, Bentley said, emerging from the bathroom off the living room. The toilet in here is completely clogged. Ew, Bentley, how embarrassing for you. Lana wrinkled her nose. It wasn't me, Bentley said defensively. I just went in there and discovered a bit of a mess. Braylon shifted uncomfortably on the couch. Well, give it a plunge then, Lana suggested. The rest of us don't need all the dirty details. I did, but it's not working. I'm on it. Apollo straightened up, looking relieved to get away from Steve, who had been gazing at him with a look of adoration ever since making him a cup of coffee. 
I went out onto the terrace to drink my latte in the morning sun, accompanied by Lana, who insisted on giving me a blow-by-blow account of her night with the Costa Rican dude. And then he did this thing with his tongue that I've never... My God, Lana, enough, I moaned. Where is he, anyway? Who? The dude you're telling me about. Oh, still in bed, I think. Why don't you go bring him some coffee or something, I suggested. Oh, good idea. Maybe he'll do that thing again. Maybe. I smiled mechanically and watched with relief as she disappeared back inside. The pale yellow morning sun was pleasant on my skin, and I closed my eyes, enjoying the warmth and the distant crashing of the waves on the shore. Dude, I'm telling you, she's gonna care. Bree doesn't care about stuff like that, though. My ears perked up at the sound of Bree's name. Every girl cares about stuff like that. I opened my eyes to see Bentley and James having a hushed discussion in the pool. Bree doesn't care about what stuff, I called over to them. Oh, nothing. James gave Bentley an irritated look. Ask Brooklyn, Bentley hissed at him. She'd know. Know what? I asked. Bentley, be quiet. Brooklyn, Bentley said, ignoring James. Let's just say, hypothetically, that the guy you were seeing wanted to propose to you. Oh my god, are you planning on proposing to Bree? I squealed. Shh, Brooklyn, please be quiet. Bentley, what the hell? Sorry, I said, rushing over to the side of the pool and huddling in a circle with the two of them. But you are actually going to propose? All right, fine. Yes, I am, James said grudgingly. I can't believe this. This is so great. It was a knee-jerk reaction. The overwhelming flow of positivity that people often feel when trying to cover up a sense of surprise or doubt. Because the truth was that I wasn't so sure that this was such a good thing. I knew that Brie and James loved each other, and I had always assumed they would get married one day, but now? It seemed too soon. Brie was still in school and only 23. James was 25, which I suppose wasn't quite as young, but I had always gotten the impression that Brie was in no rush to get married. Still, if James was planning on proposing, they must have talked about it. Maybe Brie hadn't mentioned any of this to Gemma, Lana, or I because none of us were in remotely close to the same place as she was with James. Or maybe she just didn't want to say anything in case it wasn't actually going to happen. Brooklyn, hello? Uh, yeah, I asked, shaking myself out of my own head and looking back into his and James's wet faces. So, do you think Brie will care about photos? Photos? I asked blankly. Yeah, of the proposal? I keep telling James she's going to want them, but James doesn't think it'll matter. What do you think? I considered for a moment. I feel like photos matter. Damn, James said. But how are you supposed to start the music on time and bring out the champagne and take photos of all of it, Bentley? Aw, what song are you going to play? I asked. The one that was playing the first time we said we loved each other, James said, turning a delicate shade of rose. And we got the same champagne they had the night they met at the bar. The one from New Year's Eve in first year? I asked. Yeah, James said. It's not very good. The budget at the ski team party wasn't that high, but you know, sentimental value. That's so romantic, I swooned. 
Yeah, but we need a photographer, Bentley said. I'll do it, I offered. That would be great, Brooklyn, James said. Of course, I said. I'll hide in some bushes or something and just snap away. You can use my phone, James said. It's really good quality. Cool, I said. So what's the plan? James and Bentley explained that James would be taking Brie out for a nice dinner that night. So she can dress up, you know. I told James she's going to want to be dressed up for this, Bentley said. Good call, I said approvingly. I'm going to tell her the restaurant is a walk down the beach so that we can get to this beautiful secluded cove. What cove? James pointed off the end of our infinity pool to the beach below. There, on the very furthest tip of what we could see, was a cozy looking cove. I'm going to pretend I saw something in the water, and when she comes over, I'm going to pull out the ring and get on her knee. And then, I'll put on the music and bring out the champagne, Bentley said. And then I'm taking her out for dinner at this crazy expensive restaurant. Had to make the reservation months ago, and I only ended up getting in because someone cancelled. And then, when they get back, we're obviously having a huge party to celebrate, Bentley said. I've got supplies all ready. I feel like that shrubbery over there might make a good hiding spot for you, Brooklyn, James said, pointing to one at the bottom of the green cliffs above the cove. I squinted, but couldn't see it. Let's go down there, actually, James said, after a few more failed attempts to show me where it was. We can do a sort of dress rehearsal. Sounds good, I said, and soon we were making our way down the beach. After at least an hour of plotting, rehearsing, and practicing taking photos of James and Bentley, with Bentley squatting so as to be the correct height to pretend to be Brie, I was feeling the full effects of my hangover from the night before. Gemma and Brie still weren't back from surfing by the time we got back home, so I decided to take a nap. It was one of those naps that seems to take you to another dimension, and when I awoke, groggy and confused, I heard angry voices from the living room. I went out to see what was going on and discovered Braylon brandishing a plunger in Apollo's face. I thought you fixed this this morning. I tried, Apollo said. I was in there for hours, but I just couldn't fix it. I put the lid down and the bucket on top of the toilet so that no one would use it, didn't you see? No, I didn't see, and now it's overflowing. What's overflowing? Gemma and Brie were back, salty-haired and golden. The toilet! I didn't know it was still broken, so I used it. How did you not see how clogged up with shit it was before you used it? Apollo asked exasperatedly. Hey man, this isn't my fault. Yes, it is, Apollo said, his chest puffing out angrily. I wasn't going to say anything before, but I saw you go in there before Bentley this morning. It's obvious that you were the one who clogged it in the first place. An excellent deduction, Detective Doodoo, Gemma said, grinning proudly around the room and waiting for the rest of us to laugh at her joke. I would have thought that a plumber would have been able to unclog a toilet, Braylon said testily. I'm not a plumber. You're not? Braylon looked astonished. No, I'm an engineer. Oh, 
Braylon said. Someone need a plumber? An unfamiliar voice asked. We all looked around to see a very handsome Asian guy smiling in the doorway behind Gemma and Bree. Stew! Gemma cried breathlessly. What are you doing here? I got tired of mom and dad trying to make me feel better, Stu shrugged, giving her a one-armed hug as he pulled his bag through the threshold. There are only so many. How you doing today, champs? A man can take. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. It's so good to see you, Gemma Bree and I cried, engulfing him in a group hug. Who are you? Braylon asked. This is my brother, Stu, Bree said icily. He's the reason we got to go on this trip. Oh, Braylon said, looking confused and eyeing the way Gemma was beaming at Stu. Uh, nice to meet you. You too, man, Stu said, holding out his hand to Braylon and Apollo in turn. And I actually am a plumber, so I'll have that toilet fixed in a jiffy. What did you say was wrong with it? We don't know, Apollo said dismally. I plunged it for hours this morning, but it just isn't working. We might need to go buy a snake. Huh, Stu said, following Apollo into the bathroom. The rest of us squeezed in behind them, peering over the bowl in a circle. Apollo gingerly pulled up the lid, and everyone instinctively looked away, holding their noses. Ew, oh my god, has someone else gotten sick? Lana had joined us. Or was this Amanda? No, it wasn't Amanda, Apollo said reproachfully. She's still in bed and has been using the bathroom in there. Oh, Lana said. Well, the Mexican water isn't agreeing with someone. We're in Costa Rica, Lan, I muttered. Lana appeared not to have heard me. Is Amanda okay? I asked Apollo. No, she's still pretty sick. I've been bringing her food and stuff, but she doesn't want to see anyone in case she might be contagious. Good call, Braylon said. I don't want whatever she has. Apollo's fists clenched. He turned to Stu, handed him the plunger, and said, Braylon was the last person to use this toilet. All right, everyone, back away, Stu said, raising the plunger. Then he stopped with it in midair. Uh, Apollo, was it? Did you flip the plunger back in when you put it back, or? Flip the what? Apollo asked blankly. This part, Stu said, pulling at the bottom of the plunger and releasing a portion that now stuck out. Apollo and the rest of us looked at Stu blankly. 
This is a dual-use plunger, Stu explained. It works for toilets and sinks, but you had it on the sink setting. Let me see. He shoved the plunger into the toilet and gave two firm pushes. There was a loud gurgling sound, and the excess water and other things immediately drained from the bowl. Stu gave the toilet another flush, scrubbed it down with the toilet brush and some cleaning solution from under the sink, washed his hands, and straightened up. There you go, crisis averted. Wait, Lana said. I didn't know that's how you use a plunger, did you guys? No, Bree, Gemma, Braylon, and I admitted shamefacedly. But no one looked more ashamed than Apollo. I didn't know either. How, how did I not know that? Stu laughed. Bunch of university-educated professionals, but no one knows how to unclog a toilet. That's pretty... Now, I may be wrong here because I'm a plumber and only went to trade school, but I believe the word is... ironic? Gemma laughed. We're useless. I wrote a thesis about the symbolism of the color scheme used in an obscure painting that no one knows about, but I never knew the correct way to use a plunger. What's wrong with the world? Don't worry. Stu grinned at her. You can just call me anytime you get into trouble, and I'd love to hear about that obscure color scheme. Gemma beamed at him. Braylon huffed. But... Apollo was still shaking his head in dismay. But I... I'm an engineer. I should know about stuff like this. Well, you know now, man, Stu said, clapping him on the back. But I'm almost 26. Apollo ran his hands through his hair. And I only found out by accident. What's wrong with me? What am I doing with my life? Sounds like you need a drink, man, Stu laughed. Let me just put my bag away and get cleaned up and let's go make some on the patio. Where should I put my stuff, by the way? Oh, you can have our bed, Gemma offered at once. This was supposed to be your trip, after all. Braylon's eyes looked like they were going to burst out of his skull, but he didn't say anything. No, 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 I couldn't do that. I brought a little blow-up that I can sleep on in the living room for the next few nights, Stu said good-naturedly. But I'll leave my things in your room if that's cool, just so I'm not spilling out all over the common area. Of course that's cool, Gemma said. You can use our shower, too. Uh, Gem? I muttered, hurrying along behind her as she led Stu into her and Braylon's room. Can I talk to... Brooklyn? Bentley grabbed my arm. It's time to go set up. Okay, but first I need to... I began. But Gemma and Stu were engaged in conversation again, and Braylon was pouting on the couch. I really needed to tell Gemma about Braylon being Polly, and if we were going to be drinking tonight, I figured it was best to do it while she was sober. One sec, Bentley. There's no time, Bentley hissed pulling me out the side door and onto the terrace. Thanks for listening. That's it for this episode. If you want to find out what happens next right now, subscribe for early access to all 10 episodes of season three on Apple Podcasts. Otherwise, the next episode will be out next Monday at 3 a.m. Vancouver time. 
If you're enjoying the show, please give it five stars on Apple or Spotify, write a review, share it on social media, and tell your friends. Confessions of a New Grad is written, performed, and produced by me, Greta Craig. Rebecca Montgomery does cover and episode artwork, as well as editing the scripts. Thank you to the Canada Council for the Arts for funding this season. For accompanying illustrations, exclusive news, and extra content, you can follow the show on Instagram at newgradpodcast. You can also find more information and get in touch via our website, confessionsofanewgrad.com. Special thanks to all the musicians who allowed us to use their work in this production. You can find the soundtracks in the episode descriptions. I love interacting with you and hearing your thoughts on the show or anything at all, so please feel free to continue to reach out to me on Instagram or via the show's website. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.